Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danka. Ryan Huang, of course, uh, returned 8.35 with the finance update. It is time now, though, for Travel Thursday. Now, I'm going to talk about a place that used to be known as Pulau Blancang Mati. Yes, some translate the name politely to the Island of Woe. But the most cited translation is the island behind which lies death. Today, it's called Sentosa, <laughs> from the Malay word for peace and tranquility. It's a lot nicer, isn't it? And now, Sentosa wants to remain alluring to Singaporeans who flock to the island during the pandemic, even as it welcomes back overseas travellers. The shift in strategy comes amid a record turnout of 9.4 million local visitors between April last year and March this year. That's the highest in its 50-year history and 11.9% jump from the previous previous time frames 8.6 million figure but how can an attraction like Sentosa find the right balance in terms of strategy when it comes to you know attracting both the locals and the foreign tourists well on the line to help me out this morning is Dr Kevin Chung managing partner for Sintegrate good morning Dr Kevin Morning, how are you? Very good, sir. You're a very, very busy man. You're also Executive Director of Sentosa 4D Adventureland at Jung Faculty, Singapore Management University, University of Newcastle, Australia, Curtin University, and former Chairman of the Association of Singapore Attractions. We haven't spoken in a while. The last time yeah. we spoke, Singapore was just trying to find its feet with all those relief packages with regard to the tourism sector. Now you've been at Sintegrate as Managing Partner for 16 years. The company does tourism and destination development, consulting, project managing, owner representation. What else can you tell us about the company? Well, attractions come to us, well, owners come to us in in various shapes and forms and the two extremes will be one, they have the land and no money or they have money, no land or the other one, they've got a distressed property and they kind of need help. Yeah, so so we we, we do kind of looking at master planning and right down to operations. Okay, so from your observation, right, since the last time we spoke, how have the challenges for the attraction scene here in Singapore changed? Well, well, two and a half years ago, of course, uh, tourism went down to near zero, if not zero. Then, then after that, when we started to pick up, we, we needed to recalibrate ourselves to see how we attracted uh, locals. And now in this um, upward trend for the past six months or so, um, recovery, recovering and, and looking at tourists coming back to us. Mm, but I personally noticed that there aren't enough service staff or trained service staff to match the demand or the supply that's coming in. Well, that is that is actually our biggest problem. It's not just the attractions industry. Mm. Um, our friends in the hotel business, retail, food and beverage, right? Uh, now, even for fine dining restaurants, we have to scan a, a QR code to order our food, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people are not, I guess we tend to forget about how to be patient as well. The, the demand for travel is not only there, the demand for service, for quality, for everything. And, and it's just playing catch up in all honesty. That's correct. 
And and well, at the higher the price we pay, the greater our expectation. Yeah. Sentosa now they want to continue to appeal to locals. Um, but from your observation, how has Sentosa been coping in terms of the numbers that have been flocking there during the pandemic and now post pandemic? Well, it is drips. I think from uh, from at the start, right? And now it's fairly steady. Um, the locals are coming back in in. Um, not just going to the beach. In the past, when, when I was on, on the island 20-odd years ago, it was really about the beach, yeah. right? The beach babes and beach hunks, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and But now, I think uh, families are looking at things to do. They're looking into the nature, right? They're going a lot of nature walks and, and a, a multitude of new products coming on stream and events which Sentosa has uh, curated. Even though you've got travel reopening, how is Sentosa going to ensure that the locals keep coming back? Because you can easily go to Bintan. Well, you see, for, for starters, right, um, Singaporeans always walk. Any traffic which is essentially in the domestic market, okay, any country, look for what we call seasonal specials. Okay. If it is an evergreen product which is hung there, we'll put off the visit. We'll say, you know what, next month, lah, next year, it'll still be there. <laughs> but that's where um, uh, the strategy for attracting locals is very much different from a foreign tourist. Mm-hmm. A foreign tourist is to build something evergreen and last there because he's going to come here once in 200 years. Right. However, for, for the locals, we need to work harder to give them uh, specials for weekends, uh, for public holidays and school holidays. Yeah. And, and so it must be time-based uh, promotions and events. Yeah, and right now some locals are going, oh, yeah, did I use my Singapore Rediscover vouchers? <laughs> that fell off the map. But what are the challenges here? I mean, it's very different, as you mentioned, you know, attracting locals and foreigners. What are some of the key challenges you've observed? Well, for starters, the family unit uh, for resident tourists is quite different. We're looking at a quality day out with the family. Uh, we're looking at things to do for maybe a two-tier, three-tier family. So that's that's quite different. And, and we also want to uh, ensure that the price is right, right? Yeah. And, and, and move away from this um, touristy dollar kind of pricing strategy. Mm, okay. So yeah, and and so that's one. And the other things would be what do I do on weekends, right? So it is almost like a chill time with with the family and all myself, right? So so we're looking at kind of escapades, right? Quick five hour, eight hour, one uh, stay over uh, uh, escapes from our daily uh, grind, right? Right, like those the vacations as they call it. Vacations, staycations, or, right. or flankations, right? Okay, <laughs> that's a new one <laughs> with a buffet on the side. <laughs> exactly, and 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 that's where you wanna have a you know a eight hour, twelve hour mahjong session mm. you know, somewhere else, and and not disturb the neighbors. Yeah, run away from home type of thing. So, but for the foreign tourists, it's an entirely different experience. Very much so. And that's where investing in a good, solid attraction, uh, which has a good storyline, an evergreen story, uh, becomes critical, right? And and this is where we, the bang for buck, right? And, and that's where they'll look, come and say, I'll spend two hours here, but I know I'm not sure when I'm going to come back to this destination again. So the evergreen product is quite different. Okay. Uh, now there's this, this interesting piece in the news, right? The STB's Singapore Reimagine campaign with Charlie Puth, the musician. I mean, so he's filmed, apparently he's filmed certain segments of Sentosa or Singapore, and that's meant to appeal where tourism is concerned. I mean, what are your thoughts on this campaign? Well, any campaign that uses celebrities will be great. I mean, one of the oldest tricks in the book, right, mm. is to be the host for for 
a, a serial or a blockbuster, right? Mm. <laughs> so this is where people will look and say, wow, this is a great destination. And um, millions and probably a billion people will have seen it and that will attract people, right? And Charlie Post being Charlie Post, I, I'm sure he's got great following and, and, and that will in itself attract people. Um, and I believe in today's day and age, that message will spread through social media and they'll share with friends and they'll tweet about it. And, and suddenly, top of mind will say, where should I go for a break? Ah, Singapore then. Okay. Let's follow Charlie. <laughs> okay. So essentially, this is a campaign kind of just works on its own simply because of the magnitude of this musician. Yes. Direct magnitude and uh, the pass on rate, right? The retweet. Mm. Yes. Mm. I mean, we're still known as uh, Crazy Rich Asians Island, right? So <laughs> that's worked out very well. <laughs> oh, the Winter Sonata in Korea. That's why the Koreans have come it's 20 odd years ago. It's true. And that's why I went there a couple of years ago as well. We have a yearly marketing campaign that happens this time of the year. It stopped for two years. It's back next week. Singapore Formula One night race. I yes. mean, we are expecting a huge surge in tourist numbers. How crucial is this moving forward in terms of our local tourism recovery? Well, I think it is um, a signature event, it's a marquee event, and it's catalytic, right? And looking at the following of F1, the, the number of people, the number of eyeballs we'll reach out to uh, will be very important. But at the same time, the quality of the market is quite different. These are okay. people who's got aspirations, who's, who's, who's affluent, and, and they're going for the luxury uh, experiences. I think starting from the top and cascading down from the most luxurious premium market uh, is very important and vital, right? Mm. To be able to, to project the image that, yes, Singapore is, is fun. Singapore is a great place to be in, uh, but we're not cheap. Mm, that is a tough one, right? Because I can't help but wonder, Monaco seems to have done that so well. Well, and so mm. you associate oh, Monaco rich luxury but Singapore it's kind of finding that balance between okay you have a bit of nature you have the shopping thing but you also have food it's a tough balance well it's not well to some extent it is so rather than selling our compact Singapore okay. geographic compactness as, as in a quick stopover destination which I've been long saying we must stop doing that okay we're mm. selling ourselves short mm-hmm. our compactness means in a few days you can have a myriad of experiences from culture to nature to city to beach and to resort and 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 I think this is where we must stop selling ourselves short as a stopover destination but it will we, we warrant a four or five day visit and we're safe and you can move around on your own yeah I hear that a lot like I've had relatives stop over I hate to say this and within the dinner table someone said ah Singapore just two three days is enough but there's a lot well, more. There's a lot yeah. more. Yeah. I mean, that's the th- and, and, and this is where Singaporeans need to share what we have done for the past two and a half years. Okay. Right? And, and previously, I've, I've said this before, friends call us up or write us an email. Yeah, I'm coming with Singapore for 10 days. And the reaction is always like, huh? Why 10 days? <laughs> two days enough. Then after that, you go to the neighbor Johor, go to Malacca, Bintan, yeah. Batam. Then come back, last minute shopping, go home. Yeah. That's the stopover that we must stop. Yeah. Why not we, Singaporeans, as ambassadors, right, tell our friends, you know what, follow me, let's go cycling around the park connectors. Let's go to Pulau Ubin. Right? Mm. Let's, let's, let's show them how we enjoyed ourselves for the past two years. But that has that mindset changed, though, considering we've had two years to rediscover Singapore in that sense and now to become that sort of ambassador. Well, there is no elixir for life, right? In that sense. And, and let me borrow a term from a good friend of mine, uh, Arthur Chong from Far East, and, and he said this, it is not a mind share, it's a mind shift, right? And it's not just the Singaporeans, but also 
we tourism product owners, we need to cater to their needs. We mm-hmm. must know uh, uh, our Singaporeans uh, better, right? And and I've said this before that we know Chennai better than Changi Village. <laughs> so it's a mind shift and 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 um let me play choice uh, after <laughs> <laughs> i'm on the line with dr kevin chung who is the managing partner of Syntegrate, and we are talking about uh, attractions and how they are coping with the recovery of travel kevin do you think our tourism sector will recover earlier than expected Definitely, right? And I, I believe that come November, December, when that's the, that's the next wave, um, some markets may even surpass pre-COVID numbers. Of course, uh, total numbers may not because of China and, and maybe Hong Kong as well and, and Japan as well, right? Uh, however, I think some markets would, would surpass it. But the important thing is not just the numbers, but the length of stay. If we continue to be five, six nights, Every visitor today would replace two visitors before because we used to be at 3.1 okay. uh, nights. So the, the quality of stay, the length of stay is much more important just the num- than the numbers. Mm. So what do you think like attractions can do to, to gain some of this momentum? I mean, I was in Italy recently in Florence and like a hotel that I went to, they had a whole list of, oh, you, you can go here, you can go here uh, and you can spend a lot of time and we realised, hey, we should have spent more time in this particular town. You think more hotels and attractions can sort of collaborate in that sense, help one another? Well, we need to, yes, I think uh, strategically that is a very important move but we also need to be location-based, okay. right? So, so if we're in China, Town, for example, let's mm. collaborate on Chinatown and let's let's work together with the operators and the FMB uh, establishments there to sell each other to enrich the experience in Chinatown, and rather than than to be too um, kind of diluted across the board, right? Yeah. So then they have a real good sense of what Chinatown is and was and how it came about and and the great nuggets of information. Then hopefully. They missed out on some other place and they say, you know what, next time I've got to come back to, to Singapore and, and, and stay in uh, Kampong Glam. Mm-hmm. The tour guides also play a huge part as well with the stories that they're telling that, as you said, you know, sharing that rich history that we have. Yes. And it's not just rich, but diverse. Mm-hmm. And I think back of mind of many of our Asian tourists coming to Singapore, they're looking at the economic and social wonder of Singapore. How did we do it? Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, Singaporeans and our, our tourism um, players need to be great ambassadors to sell each other, but sell the zone. Then I yeah. think this is where it works. It's true. Those zonal walking tours, they can go a long way. I've been speaking. self-discovery. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And you know what? For the content creators out there, can you imagine when they hear these stories and they do their Instagram or TikTok or whatever, it entices more people to come in. Oh, exactly, right? And and so we as ambassadors of, of uh, in the trade, right, we, we convert them and they become ambass- our advocates and our ambassadors and sharing that word out to their friends, you know, thousands of people yeah. who didn't know. And I think that's, that's the Charlie Puth effect, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're giving it that name now. I've been speaking with Dr. Kevin Jung, who is the managing partner for Syntegrate. Dr. Kevin, appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day. Thank you. Take care. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.